Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm so excited to sit back down with Chris Doe, the award-winning content creator, public speaker, and creative coach who lives at the intersection of business and design. His simple and effective life skills that he's garnered over many years of teaching creating and building businesses around the world can be absorbed into any industry. Not only is Chris a super successful person, but he's also one of the good ones out there. His mission is to help 1 billion people make a living doing what they love. And in this episode, Chris dives into critical problem-solving skills, failing flawlessly, and applying, practicing, and preparing ideas the right way in order to be a craft expert in any field. But before we get started, if you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I send you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, and perform better. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now to my conversation with Chris. So let's lean in and learn from the best. To arrive at these conclusions, you've become a good problem solver. Or you're on your journey. I mean, I I know you're probably like, well, I want to get better. But I see you as a good problem solver. How have you developed this critical thinking skill? The answer is going to sound strange. Uh, There's two parts to this. First part is much of our business depended on the conference call. This is going to be a shock to to young people today, like conference call, like, yeah, on a telephone, (laughs) conference call without pictures, no Zoom. Okay, everybody, just the power of your voice. And we're talking about jobs that would range between $150,000 to $600,000 that were won or lost essentially on a 30 to 45 minute conference call. So you can imagine the stress and anxiety that you would bring into a call knowing very well, possibly a half a million dollars of new business lives or dies in your ability to think on your feet. Hmm. And you can't survive in the business if you can't think on your feet. And, And luckily... When I was young, I lost a lot of jobs and I learned exactly what not to do. So this, Mm. again, to to kind of dovetail into the whole comfort zone thing. I said some of the dumbest things, Eric. I really do (laughs) did. And I was embarrassed by the things I said. I'm like, I don't know how this is done. I need to learn from somebody. And I just struggled through it. Mm. Just failing one time after the other. But here's the thing. If you don't quit, eventually you'll figure it out. Mm. And so that's one way in which you develop that muscle to be able to think on your feet. The second, and the, the way I could recommend to a lot of people that has lower consequences of failure, which is to go teach. Mm. Teach whatever it is you want and teach live and facilitate and see what happens. And so what happens is we think the teacher teaches, but the teacher is just learning. The teacher really is learning. I, I tell people that a lot of times people think teaching is a very generous act. You're giving and it's just a noble thing that you do. And I think it's a pretty selfish act for me. Yeah, the, right? the journey so to, look, to teach, the process that goes into 100%. it. I mean, you are going a deep, deep dive. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be embarrassed. And so no. if you think this is the topic I'm going to teach on, you want to prepare 10 times as much to prepare for anything that may or may not happen around the mm. edges of what it is you're about to teach. Now, not everybody prepares this way, but I, I think this is the rigor it takes to be a great teacher. And then when you teach whatever it is you're about to teach. And then the students have puzzled looks on their faces. You have to adapt. (laughs) You have to take that work and you just throw it out the window and say, okay, where are we stuck? Why are we stuck? And where is it not clicking? And you have to put all of your critical thinking and creativity to the test on the spot because that's what they're looking to you for. I love that friction that exists. 
because when you solve it for them, with them, it's magic. And you learn something for yourself. You got my mind spinning of all the times that I, you and I are very similar in the sense that I don't know what your, you use Keynote, I remember, yes. right, for presentation. Yep. Okay. Keynote, PowerPoint, whatever, that notes section. I put all my thoughts in there to start, mm-hmm. right? And that gets so long. Mm-hmm. I try to have a big image, one or two words or one or two key phrases, and that's it. And then all the knowledge is in there. And then what I would find is, is I was delivering a, a speech to a very large audience. You pick people in the audience. And like you said, I really quickly realized, okay, I was on the fringe of, I went from practical insight to nerdiness, right? Like I went way to a point where they can't use this and I had to pull it back. Yeah. But that preparation process is what makes you the expert. So that when you have the open mic and somebody picks up the mic and says, hey, can you take a deeper dive into X, Y, and Z? You can go that deep. And that's really like, there are people, and I'm sure you've been in situations. I was in a podcast recently where somebody I could just tell was regurgitating something that they had heard. Yeah. They really didn't know what was happening. And I didn't say anything about it. I just like let them do it. But that's dangerous. Because if you don't understand the, the model underneath it, you're just copying all the errors of the past. So teaching is the second thing. The first one is like literally just doing the thing and struggling through it. Is there anything else that you do to kind of like, is there just like a learning process that you're going through? Are you, do you seek out mentors? You know what I'm saying? Is there anything else that you're doing to kind of stay on the edge? Cause the only way that you can identify those market gaps and those competitive advantages is you've got to be solving critical problems to see that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been fascinated by just the art of teaching Mm. and rhetoric and asking Socratic questions. And so you can learn a lot by just reading books or watching other public speakers, or you can get training or mentorship. So I've had a business coach that's helped me. I've brought on people that I think are brilliant people who are in the university system, academics who share with you their many years of teaching and pedagogy and different teaching models there are books on this kind of stuff. And I just study and I, I pay consultants to teach me how to be a better teacher. Mm. And I, I try to apply that. The magic is in the application, as you know. So there's the theory part and then there's the practice. So you had mentioned this before where somebody reads a book, memorizes the points, but hasn't actually lived those experiences. So they're speaking from the book's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's okay kind of in an academic space. But when you're in the real world and you're giving people advice, what they'll do is they'll push back right away right? Because you don't have a grade that you're dangling over them. You don't have that kind of authority. They're paying you to help them. And so you better be prepared. So if you talk about a concept that you fully don't understand, haven't lived through yourself, you're going to start to realize like when the tide goes out, you're not wearing any pants and that's a problem. Mm. So I don't want to discourage people from not wanting to teach, but I would strongly encourage them to make sure that you apply it, practice it, test it, try to break it and then start teaching. It's really Mm. effective when you can combine both practice and theory together. And so a lot of times I think people who are in the industry are reluctant to teach because they don't have the theory part. And that's the the direction or angle I came in from. I worked since 1995 running my business. It wasn't until 2014 that I started making YouTube videos. So I had this warehouse of ideas and experiences and stories I could share. But where I felt not confident and insecure about myself was what's the theory behind this? Like what have the academics studied? What kind of reports or data points have they looked at that can be used to help reinforce 
my experience to say like it's not just me here's some data that backs it up here's some science that goes behind us thanks again for listening to the blueprint podcast and if you love the podcast please take a moment and leave a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from as this goes a significant way in helping the algorithms push the blueprint to more people that could really use this message thanks again for listening and i'll catch you on the next episode